All right. Now, First Timothy chapter three, verse fifteen. We've been looking at the mystery of Christ and a subtopic we've been looking at is understanding the mystery of the church. We've seen from this scripture, just to do a quick um, run through of all that we've been looking at, the church is the household of God. If you look at this in the NIV, that word is used in the NIV, that the church is a household of God, is God's household, so we are members of his household. The church is also the church of the living God. We see that in the scripture. The church is also the pillar and ground of, of truth, or the pillar and ground or foundation of truth. The church is not a building. The church is not just an institution. The church is the family of God. You know, it takes bricks and mortar to build a house. But a house is not a home. Homes exist within houses, but home is much more than a house. So churches exist within church buildings, but a church is much more than a church building. And this is why it's not enough to go to a church. You must belong to a church. There's a difference. You can go to church and not belong to the church. You know, and you know when you belong to a church. When you belong to a church, it means that you have, first of all, identified with the vision and purpose of that church. Every church has a vision. Every church has a purpose. You know, every church has a vision and every church has a purpose. Uh, there are some families where maybe there's a father, the mother, and there are several children. And now a child grows up, though, though born into that family, the child decides to go his own way. Now, when you say the child decides to go his own way, means that that family has a way. You know, there is a way that is acceptable for that family. So when they say the child has gone his own way, you are saying that the child has deviated from the vision and purpose of that family. Now, not every family has a clear purpose. Every family should, but not every family does. Uh, and this is one of the things that uh, a lot of people don't even understand. They don't even know that you don't just start a family. Uh, you start a family because there's a purpose. There must be a vision. God didn't just start man. He didn't just start man. If you read in Genesis, he says, um, it says, and God said, let us make man. Then he says, in our own image, after our likeness. He didn't say, let's make man and let's find out um, what he will be. Let's get that, Genesis chapter 126, thank you. He says, and God said, let us make man 
in our own image. So first of all, God knew the kind of man he wanted to make. He says, this man will, will look like me. So God was the model of man. Can I say that again? God was the model of man. He says, let's make man in our own image. Then he says, in our likeness. And when you talk about likeness now, you're looking at how man will function. So man was to look like God and was to function like God. Then he gives you something. He says, and let them have dominion, purpose. Let them have dominion. So man was made to have dominion. Then he shows us the sphere of his influence. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea. So the man that God was going to be making was not going to be subject to the fish, but rather have dominion over the fish. You know, over the fishes of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Next verse. Now look at that. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him male and female created he them so purpose was clear man was designed after a model you know and in Christ Jesus we are also created after purpose let's look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 you know, in Christ Jesus, we're created after a purpose. And purpose means intent. That's what it means. It means intent. Now look at this. For we are his workmanship. Created, the right word should actually read recreated. Created in Christ Jesus. So this is a new creation. We saw the first creation in Genesis. The creation of the first man. He was made to have dominion. But there is a new man now. And he says, we are his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus unto good works. Now, I, I want you to take note of that. Recreated unto. Recreated unto. That means created for. I, I like what the man of God, Pastor Chris, said. He said, if you were to meet God and God said to you, I made you. What would you say? And when he asked that question, many said, Oh, I would say, Thank you, God, for making me. God, Pastor said, No, that's not the right question to ask. If you met God and God said, I created you, I made you, the next question you should ask will be, Why? Why did you make me? Why did you make me? That is the more important question. Because if you don't understand the why, Abuse is inevitable. Please get rid of the echo, please. Some guy, get rid of the echo. You know, when you don't understand the why, when you don't understand the purpose, when you don't understand the purpose, a family is not just designed for pre procreation. Creation must have a purpose. Why? What is the why of your family? What is the why of your life? Why do you want children? 
This child that is coming to this world, why? Because you see, he says, train up a child in the way he should go. That means there's a way a child ought to go. The child is supposed to come to go in a certain way to fulfill a certain purpose. If you don't know what the purpose is, your training will be wrong. Your training will be wrong. You train the child according to your desires. You train the child according to what is acceptable in your generation. What is acceptable in your society. Is it train up a child in the way he should go? So how are you to know the way a child should go? That is where your own fellowship with God comes in. Uh, give me that scripture back in Ephesians. Ephesians. It says, created in Christ unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. Now look at that. It says, God preordained that we should walk in them. He preordained that we should walk in them. Uh, let, let me give you an example. You know, people talk about the unity. When you say unity, when you say, for example, now, I mean, look at the ladies. You're looking amazing. You're all wearing the same um, dresses. I can see a color combination. I can see a color, I mean, nice headgear, color, amazing. Some people think, now, we are united. No, unity is not because you are wearing ashebi. I mean, it's great to wear the Ashebi, but you've all been to the wedding when all the friends are wearing Ashebi, but they hate themselves. All the, all the bridesmaids, they hate themselves. In fact, the Ashebi they are wearing is they are wearing it to decide whose own is better than the other one. While they are there, they are, there's a competition ongoing. You know, you've seen a husband and wife that wear Anko. You know what I'm calling, you know what it's called Anko, right? You know, I mean, if the man is wearing blue, the wife is wearing blue, that's amazing. But you are dressed alike, but your mind is not alike at all. In fact, you fought on your way to church. You know, even though you're not, even though you're wearing the same clothes, you're not talking. So being united, what unites people? What is it that unites you? I mean, doing all these things on the outside is amazing, but the first thing that unites a people is purpose. You should write that down. Purpose. Purpose. This is why we tell, this is why we tell Christians, we tell those of you that are single, you cannot marry an unbeliever. You cannot marry an unbeliever. It is called an unequal yoke. You cannot. Which, where's the road? Bible says two cannot walk together except they be agreed. Agreed on what? Not agreed on the walking. Agreed on the destination. Agreed on the purpose. Where are we going? The problem is you can be born again and not know the purpose for your life. That is why we tell you, go to foundation school. When you go to foundation school, we teach you some things. In love world, there are certain things that are very, um, I mean, we are, we are committed to those things. 
Before you know what's happening, we're asking you, what's the vision of the ministry? You know, we declare what the vision is. We tell you, listen to the tapes. We tell you, read the books. The reason is because so you can know where we're going. Have you ever been on a journey with someone who didn't know where we were going, where you were going? Have you ever been in, in a journey with a person? How many of you understand that it can be frustrating going on a journey with someone who doesn't know where you're going to? Uh, so are we there yet? When are we going to get there? I mean, the person will complain all through the journey. All through the journey. You know, in fact, after a while, you say, if you had told me this is where we are going, I would have just not gone with you. The person will sleep. You are the one driving. You are the one making all the effort. The person will sleep, wake up and say, are we there yet? All they are doing in this journey is just to sit down and go with you. Just to sit. You are making all the effort, but they are complaining all through. They are complaining all through. When you come to a church like this, this is a very purpose-oriented church. You know, if you come to this church and you want to be a part of what we're doing, the first thing you must understand is what's our purpose? What are our driving force? What's driving us? You know, what, if not, if not, you'll be tired. After a while, you'll be tired. You will complain. You will talk. You know, you complain. I mean, look at, look at the last, the last um, we're, we're fasting today. We've been fasting since Monday, you know, and pastor comes up and he talks for just a few minutes and the next one hour we're praying in tongues. <laughs> the next one hour we're praying. We're praying. Nobody is telling you what to pray about. Who understands what I'm saying? A pastor tells you just a few things and say, let's pray for the nations. Use the name of Jesus and, and gain dominion over the nations. And he just turns and he starts praying in tongues. Then if you don't understand, first of all, the purpose of tongues, what tongues is about. If you're coming from somewhere where tongues is just something you, you, you explode in, you, you know what I mean by that? Father, I thank you. I give you praise. I thank you. Mama, 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 mama. Then, uh, Lord, you are so wonderful. You are so great. You know, it's something you explode in. You, you will be confused. After a while, when you pray, mama, 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 after a while, five minutes after, you sit down. Because you don't understand what we're doing. And you don't even understand why we are doing what we are doing. Your purpose determines what your training schedule will be like. What your training schedule will be like. The parts of you that will be developed. The time that you put into training. The effort you put into training. I want to just give you a few thoughts. So... Let's look at this. So say this, I'm designed to fulfill a definite purpose. In love world, we have certain things. We have, a three, we have three guiding principles. Three guiding principles. We, we call them one. The love world exceptionalism. The love world exceptionalism. And this is a theory or idea that we are uniquely different. We are uniquely different. Uniquely different. We are not just another church. We are a vision. A unique vision. This is, this is who we are. We are uniquely different. We are exceptional. 
it connotes the supremacy of ideology it connotes the supremacy of ideology God has given us and made us a light to our world we are not just playing a role we are playing the chief role in the end time move of the Spirit of God we're playing the chief role we have not just a, a local ministry we have a global ministry okay look at it how many churches do you do you have that talking about a seven billion mandate okay you think of it if if you don't understand our purpose you'll be offended by our mission you will be disturbed by our pursuits come on who understands that You'll be disturbed by our pursuits. You'll be disturbed by our pursuits. Our stats will be disturbing to you. If you understand me, wave. Wave, 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 let's say. Huh? Our stats will be disturbing to you. L let me use an example. Um, this is Mother's Day, but let me say something that maybe more fathers and more men will understand. Let me use football, for example. Huh? Uh, if you join a club like Dundee United, you know, you join a club like Dundee United or you join a club like, um, um, give me a name, give me any name. No, not Chelsea. Um, I just mentioned Dundee United. So name a club that is like Dundee United. Okay, Burnley. Say it again. Bondomwell. He lived in the UK for a while, so he knows them. No, tell me the ones in the Premier League. More Nigerians watch the... Okay, maybe you join a club, Aston Villa, and, or maybe in the La Liga you join... Espanol. Okay, maybe Espanol. Um, in the, in the, or maybe in Nigeria you join... Enugu Rangers. All right, now when you join such a club, The club's vision and purpose has nothing to do with winning any championship. Who understands that? That is not what they are playing for. They are either playing to stay in the league, playing to entertain themselves, playing to raise talents, and as soon as they find a new talent, they sell it, to another kind of club like if you join a Real Madrid or you join a Barcelona or you join a Man City or you join a Man United or you join a uh, yeah Chelsea you can say call Chelsea yeah you join a Chelsea or you join a a Liverpool, yes, you join a Liverpool. Now, there's only one goal that that club has. Only one goal. Only one goal. A good year is the year they won. They're not just interested in playing good football. They're interested in winning. There are churches where people just gather to gather. They're happy to gather. They're not interested in winning the world. 
They can, they can want to win their, their next, next door neighbor, win their street. I mean, if they pack out a hundred seat auditorium, they have won the world. Who understands what I'm saying? They are, they are okay. So when you say, we want to send rapture realities to every single person around the world, if that person is your friend and you are discussing your vision with that person, you are creating problem because he will not understand what you are doing. Who understands that? You know, if you're coming from such a place, when you come here, you now need to align yourself, realign yourself. And accept the training. Because sometimes people resist the training that is, you know, every purpose defines your training. Every purpose defines your training. I read of a boxer. Um, one day he kept disturbing a certain coach and said, I want to be a champion, I want to be a champion, I want to be a champion. So the coach decided, okay, great, I'll make you a champion. So he slept. Then he was sleeping, you know, early in the morning, around three or four o'clock, your sleep starts going into a nice dimension. You know, that's when the sleep, you start going to deep areas in the sleep. So he was still sleeping and the sleep was getting very sweet now. All of a sudden, Someone opened his door, hit him, and he woke up. And they said, it's time, get up. And he was looking like, it's still, it's still night. He said, no, get up. It's time to, to go for training. He woke up and he looked at his time. It was four o'clock. You know, he dressed up and he got out to train. And he was wondering, why am I training by four? The man asked him a question. Do you want to be a champion? Do you want to be a champion? If you want to be a champion, you wake up at this time. You train at this time. And they trained for the next two hours. Then all of a sudden, it came to winter and it was very cold. So he thought, definitely he will not come by four o'clock. In winter, by four o'clock, his coach woke him up. And he was out running by four o'clock in winter. And the man said, if this is your purpose, your training must be this. You know, your training must be this. I was listening to another basketballer. And he was telling a story. He said, during the summer period, most basketballers take it as time to rest. And he said, he would wake up by four o'clock, train from four. He says, the, 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 the normal basketballer will wake up by 10 and train from 10 to 12, rest, and train again from four to six and rest. So he has two training times. He said, he wake up by four, train by four to six. Then he would rest. Then he started not training 10 to 12. He said at the end of the day, he would have trained like four times or five times in a day. Then he said as time passed, the gap between his contemporaries, between him and his contemporaries, started spreading, started increasing. One of the reasons I'm saying this is this. You know, as a woman, you want to build a family, you want to build a home. When you don't understand or you don't have a purpose, your building will be a wrong design. You build wrongly. The training you provide must be consistent with purpose. But if you don't know the purpose, how would you train? How would you train? As a father, if you don't have a when you're in a ministry like this, you don't need to start saying, oh, Father, where's my purpose? I need to understand my purpose. No, 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 no. God has already brought you into the body. You are now a member 
of the body of Christ. You are now a member, a part of this ministry. All you need to do is to find out, find out the purpose of the ministry. When you find out the purpose of the ministry, the next thing you do is personalize it. As soon as you personalize it, your family life changes. Your family life changes. Your vision changes. Your vision changes. What you want to do with your children, the vision you have for your children. You know, look at this. Pastor Chris came to us when we were on campus and he will always preach. He said, be a lawyer with a difference. What difference? Be an accountant with a difference. What difference? What is the difference? What is the mark of distinction? Purpose. Purpose. Understanding of that purpose. You know, you don't need to start saying, because you see, listen to me. Let me give you an example. If you do not understand the purpose of the ministry, when I see somebody, IPPC is coming up, and that is when you decide to take your vacation, then you say, I am family-oriented. No, you have made yourself and your family the center of your life. Vacation is not wrong, but because you are not aligned you are not aligned with the vision of the church family that God has put you into. There is always disalignment. Come on, who understands what I'm saying? If you're going to be planning your vacation, you couldn't put your vacation on the same week as IVPC. You know, you couldn't do that. In fact, the only way you do it is if you are vacating to give yourself time to attend IVPC fully. You know, to attend IUPC fully. When you bring your children for dedication, we, we tell you something. We ask you, are you willing to raise up this child in the way that is consistent with the word of God? To teach this child, to correct this child? Then you say, then we ask you if, you, if you agree, say, yes, I do. Then you just say, yes, I do. For many, mindlessly saying, yes, I do. Mindlessly saying, yes, I do. They are not even thinking of what the pastor is saying. They are not even listening to the charge. So they just say, oh, what did I myself say? Yes, I do. Oh, yes, I do. Then you say, we say to you, do you also commit to bring this child to church for further instructions? Then you say, yes, I do. But you have a teenager who now has the power to say, uh, mommy, I don't feel like going to church today. It depends on how you raise your child. My son cannot feel like not going to church. He does not know how to feel that feeling. Before the feeling shows up, him by himself will cast it out. Did you get what I just said now? So let's look at a few thoughts on on how we are to build. Let me show you a few scriptures. Now remember I told you that a family is united by what? Come on say it. A family is united by what? A church is united by what? By purpose, by vision. By purpose, by vision. 
you know, by, by purpose, by vision. Why do we want to, um, why do we want to, uh, let, me, let me give you an example. <laughs> let me give you an example. When we went to, when we went to um, Israel, we had this meeting, and one of our tour guides told us something. He said, since the Muslim guys were mostly believed in polygamy, and Israel, they basically practice um, monogamy, right? That by strategy, strategy, the Muslims are intentionally marrying more wives and giving birth to a lot of children so that they can strategically become the majority in a foreign country. I don't know if you understand that. The, the land is for Israel, but you have the strangers that have come in, but now one man is going to marry like five and give birth to 30. While the Israelite has married one and give birth to two. So you fast forward, in 10 years' time, they are believing that they will eventually become the majority and take over the control of the city. Look at that kind of thought. Now, if you're a man, you're saying, Pastor, that's a good strategy. I've been thinking about marrying a second wife. You are, you are part of the ecclesia. God has called you out. That thinking has been deleted. Jesus said from the beginning, God made it one woman, one man. That's what Jesus said, not my words. Jesus said it. You know? But we are to populate a different way. Ours is not by biological population. Ours is by spiritual population. You want to gain influence in a place. You want the word to be accepted by as many more people as possible. Or First Peter. Let's read First Peter chapter two, verse nine. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Ye are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth. Look at that. Look at that. It tells you who you are. Then it tells you your purpose. That you should show forth the praises of Him who had called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. So we are in the light of God that we may show, reflect, display the excellencies, the virtues of God. Praise God. Let's look at Acts chapter 13, verse 36. Acts 13, verse 36. Now David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep and was laid unto his father and saw corruption. Now, this is um, 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 in the New Testament referring to David, but let's just look at another translation of this, NIV. Now, look at this. It says, for when David had served God's purpose, David served God's purpose, God's intent in his own generation. In his own generation. His own generation. 
There is a purpose you are to serve. There's a purpose you are to serve in your generation. He said he fell asleep. He was buried with his fathers and his body decayed. But the beautiful thing is that David served God's purpose. He served God's purpose. Now, the first thing you do is to identify the purpose. The next thing is you do is to pursue it. Pursue it. Make choices that are consistent with that purpose. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. Colossians 1 16. He says, For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rules or authorities. All things, take note of this, all things were created by him. Now look at the next thing. And for him. You see, the, the first part most people know, all things were created by him. So they say, God, you created me. Thank you. But look at the next thing. He says, created by him. Then he says, and for him. Created for him. So I'm created by him, but I'm also created for him. For what? His purpose. His purpose. So I mentioned three guiding principles, and I just want to end with that. One, love world exceptionalism. We're exceptional. Our vision is exceptional. Our ideology is exceptional. We've been called to play a leadership role. We've been called to play a leadership role. We've been called to give light, to provide light. So no matter where you are, you are a leader. Come on, say amen. amen. It doesn't matter what your profession is. You know, it doesn't matter what your profession is. You're a teacher, you're a teacher with a difference. You're a market woman, you're a market woman with a, with a difference. You're a lawyer, you're a lawyer with a difference. What difference according to God's purpose and calling? Number two, we, we have the love world expansionism. The love world expansionism. That means we are committed to growth. Unrestricted growth. We are expansionist in our mindset. We are expansionist in our mindset. The globe and the world is in front of us. You know, during the, during the pandemic, I remember some people were arguing and saying, how come Pastor Chris doesn't just face Nigeria and talk about Nigeria? And I'm like, no, no, you need to understand the man's vision. You know, they say, how come he always talks about what's Fauci doing? What's the UN doing? That's his level. That's his level. God has given him the whole world. That is why he's interested in what's going on in Germany. That's why he's interested in what's going on in Russia. If you don't understand that, you will think that he does, not, he does not like Nigeria, he does not pay attention to Nigeria. No! No! That's his level. Oh, rapture realities in 6,000 languages. Why are we concerned about 6,000 languages? It's our purpose. It's our purpose. You see, our purpose determines our stats, our figures. So when you come in and you hear, oh, someone just gave 10 million naira. 10 million naira 
is big or small depending on what your vision is. Come on, who understands that? You know, there are some finance houses, banks, they say, we don't give loans. The only, the minimum loan we can give, minimum loan we can give is from a hundred million dollars. So you come to them and say, I have this idea and I want a loan. And you say, how much? And you say, I just need 10 million naira. They say, uh, uh, sorry, go to the other bank. Not here. We don't discuss that here. We cannot help you. You know, is 10 million naira bad? No. They have decided where they are going to play. Come on, amen. So what you need to do is this. If God has called you to a place, align with the purpose. So if you are a cell leader, with our expansionist mentality, you cannot remain 10 forever. Maybe you are a women's group and you gather together, five of you, you pray. If you started five, after two months, you cannot be five. If you are still five, you are not living according to purpose. Listen, where purpose is unknown or misunderstood, abuse is inevitable. Abuse is inevitable. If you don't know your purpose, you will abuse the opportunities you are given, the time that you are given. You know, you will not just be training like just any other person. You train according to purpose. You train according to purpose. You will observe something. You will observe something. As your children grow, their desires will start changing. Not everyone will be a pastor. But when you raise them up, it doesn't matter where they go. They take the word with them. They take the word with them. Human training fails. I'm telling you, human training fails. Some of the most honorable families that men have raised are still dishonorable. If you've not been watching the news, maybe you don't know. Some of the most despicable things have been done by people who on the outside look so amazing. You know, they look so wonderful. You can raise a family with inner excellence. Inner excellence.